The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Helen, and I currently work with reception and year one children in Buckinghamshire. And I'm Nicola, and I currently work with year six children in Hampshire, and I've also spent time in my career hoping to motivate and inspire the next generation of teachers at Teacher Training College. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with our dramatisation of the Great Fire of London. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Sir Tommy's Fire. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as a paperback illustriously illuminated by comic book artist Dave Hingley, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Nicola and the citizens of London, of which there are many, many citizens of London, I'm sure. Um, There are obviously far more now than they were at the time of this story. But I'm talking in numbers, of course, because it's our maths episode. (laughs) Where else is the maths in this story? Nicola, rescue me. What's the maths in here for ages 7 to 11? (laughs) Okay, um, certainly I would say capacity comes up. The fact that they had to use a lot of water to put out the fire Ah. could develop sort of lots of ideas to do that. And it's an area that's quite hard to put into context often. So thinking about gallons, we think about imperial units and metric units, obviously with um, older children and how many gallons would it take to put out a house? So how many houses were there burning in London? Mm -hmm. How many gallons did that take? You could also think about time as well. It seems quite specific from the history of the times of the events and and times that things happened. So thinking about the times on the analog and digital clock and um, the times between those times as well. So those two areas came to mind to start with. What would the activity look like for that? I would get the children to think about the order of the events and the times that they happened. Because I don't think we, again, we don't, (laughs) excuse the pun here, we don't spend enough time looking Mm -hmm. at time in school. (laughs) It's interesting. I sometimes find that children that are really good at maths aren't necessarily very good at time because it needs more of a one-to-one sort of adult support. But Being specific, they could look at the time that the fire started, looking at what that would look like on an analog clock. So drawing it on an analog clock, putting it on a digital clock, then continuing the sequence of events, but then thinking about how much time there was in between those events and and, and the things that happened in that time too. So just that length of time as well as specific times and what they would look like. Yeah, I guess it's partly the fact that with time, you are using a different is it, is it a different base? I think I think that's yeah, what it's, it's called. Diff- obviously, it's six, 60, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah, you get to 60 and that's where you go up. It's just not convenient. No. <laughs> it's not convenient, but it does, um, it does make an argument for keeping analogue clocks because it's so much easier to um, look at a clock and sort of say, okay, well, if you've got 20 minutes between, say, uh, 12.50 and 1.10, for example, it's so much easier to do that kind of uh, pattern spotting 
ticking mm. with an analog clock than it is with a digital one. That's yeah, true. true. As I say, we don't give it enough curriculum time anyway. This area, so actually, the fact you've got a story where it could come up, yeah. and and how yeah. long how long did the mayor sleep for? <laughs> there's, there's, so, there's always so many questions, sort of later on when they they have tests and things about how much time is it between this time and this time. And like you say, it's not base ten, so it's not easy. So even at key stage two, we still model it using number lines to sort of show right. to the next hour and so on. I know you do that with younger children too, and it really seems to work visually for them to be able to yeah. understand. Yeah. I also like the idea of your capacity activity, just filling up lots of buckets and trying to chuck them on a fire to <laughs> see how long it takes yeah. to put it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And perhaps if the buildings were made of different materials, which perhaps we'll talk about in other subject areas later, mm. maybe it would take less time and maybe need less water to put out. Yeah. Yes. You, you could relate it to our lack of water in our society right now, couldn't you? And the fact <laughs> that we might be having mm. hosepipe bans and things soon because it's it's so hot. Indeed. Let's go down the other end of the school, though, to ages four to seven. What maths were you able to pick out, Helen? Well, I also thought it would be a good opportunity to explore capacity, because who doesn't want to fill up buckets of water <laughs> <laughs> when you've got the story of the Great Five London? So we'd just be starting with the idea of full and empty, because it's surprising if you say to a young child, oh, we need a full bucket of water how they don't actually understand what full means. They might sort of fit it really? nearly to the top, okay. but actually they, they need to understand that full is means full and empty means empty. And then you get half full as well. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to, to start exploring that. In the early years, you just have buckets and water and just let the children play with an adult alongside, modelling that language, playing with them, showing them what to do through their play, whatever their play might turn into. <laughs> children love water play and it's got so so many opportunities for learning and so many opportunities for cooling down as well in, in the <laughs> hot weather we've got at the moment say by the time they get to old big older children they want to be back in your classroom they want to be back that. filling up buckets <laughs> exactly um, yes and then um going into sort of year one and two the capacity sort of turns into you know which holds more like maybe yeah. of two containers and again you can link that to the story really well because actually if the, the mayor of london needs to get them some buckets which ones are going to be better which, which buckets are going to be better which hold more and a good way to do this is to choose two different containers that are not the same they're obviously different yes, so yeah. you know a tall thin one a small wide one and get the children to to investigate which of the buckets holds more using an informal measure so using a cup again they've got to make sure they're filling that cup up full to see see which one has the greatest capacity for putting out the fire. I can see that linking quite neatly with the literacy outcome that you picked up yesterday for persuasive writing, with they have to convince somebody which bucket to choose. Oh, yes. Because although there might be a, a reason for more capacity, there could also be a reason for which is easiest to carry. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. So then you... something long and thin might yeah. be easier to carry. Something with too much capacity might be too heavy. Be too heavy. I don't know. So then you can bring in another area of maths to do with uh, weight. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so you can link, which I hadn't thought of, link the two in. Which which bucket weighs more? Which one's going to help us to put out the Great Fire London? As you say, it may hold more water, but if we can't actually carry it to the fire, then it's not going to work. Yeah, there you go. So two, two areas of maths in one. Beautiful. And then the other little activity well it's one of those ones that could be as little or as 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 long as you as you like really i picked up on the um the cost to cross a river i think in the story it, it was one shilling for a boat but you know the price has gone up because demand is high and um, so it's something like three shillings for a child five for an adult 
And that for um, sort of reception year one, that's a word problem in itself for them to work out. And then you can use it to to introduce other other word problems. Again, you could start off with thinking of reception. You know, if there's six people going across in this boat and they each have to pay one shilling, how much money is that? Starting with that kind mm. of word problem. And then you could take it right up into sort of the times tables. You know, everyone's got to pay five shillings and there are six people getting into the boat. How much money do they owe the boat owner? So yeah. I thought it would be a really good basis for a lot of different word problems and depending on what what you're wanting to cover again like simple addition or multiplication definitely and you can sort of sneak that into the classroom as well can't you if you're doing the dramatizing thing that you were talking about the other day where you're dramatizing the story you can just have a moment where they've got to get onto the boat and then yes. work out how much they've got to pay the ferryman between them yes yeah that definitely work for older children as well that idea of money you could also talk about percentage increases with older children <laughs> and um, and actually even the contentious issue of inflation and how much oh, how yes. much is up as well how much it's gone mm. up by bringing that in so that's one an area of the story that i sort of immediately picked up on because it's got a lot of you can take it as far as you like really you know you could do just that, that one activity and as you said chip within the drama what do we need to give give him um or you can spend a week on it doing all kinds of boat and shilling related <laughs> math activities <laughs> and word problems yeah going back to pirate grace maybe how much is it going to cost to go on her ship oh yes yeah <laughs> That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world, so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Sir Tommy and the people of Restoration London will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we, and we hope, hope to hear your story, story soon. soon.